Happy Father's Day to all the wonderful dads that we have one more round of applause for you. Celebrate you today. Thankful, thankful for you. I want to just acknowledge uh, what a beautiful, wonderful father Pastor Ray has been to this church. Can we do that as well? Special thank you to you. Happy Father's Day. Love you, Pastor Ray. So good. Hope you enjoy uh, time with your family today, time with your kids, if at all possible, um, and enjoy a donut if you want to. Uh, we won't force that on you. <clears throat> That's not communion. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to do that if you don't. I said to some people on the way in, did you get a donut? And they're like, no, no. So we realized so next year we'll get some gluten-free and um, some carb-free donuts, right? And so, no. I'm kidding. We probably won't, but um, that's okay. Happy Father's Day. Anywho. Um, <laughs> well, hey, we're in a wonderful series on the Holy Spirit, learning more about him, but uh, more than that, learning to engage with him, amen, and learning that he has already taken up residence within me, you know, and has, has I don't know how he does it. That's a mystery, but he lives inside of me, right? And is one with my spirit. And now we're on a journey to engage with him and and so the, the next thing that, it, that really happens when, when we go down this and we experience baptism and, and more of his presence, as we call it, uh, I like to call it 100% awareness as well as another way to describe that. The next thing that's really natural and normal is to want to engage and hear his voice. And so today we're going to, um, hopefully what I would like to say is demystify um, that a little bit. I feel like the church, and when I say the church at large, not Grace Church necessarily, has made hearing from God a little mystical and sometimes a little spooky, right? Have, how many uh, watched the, is it 1952 or 56 version of the Ten Commandments? Um, Charlton Heston, remember that one? Come on, the really old one. <laughs> one or two people raised their hands. When... <laughs> When he does encounter God, you know, in the burning bush experience, it's spooky, right? It's like, Moses, right? Yeah, you and I would run for our lives. That's exactly what we would do. None of us are going toward a burning bush if that's what it was like. And maybe it was like that. I don't know. He's probably frozen in his tracks. Like, yeah, I can't move. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, that's probably not. And so, and so when we say, I want to hear God's voice, I don't know who's thinking that, but I know for a fact that I still meet people, and so do you, that are looking for God out there. They're looking for an experience that comes from out there somewhere through the heavenlies or something, and instead of looking for the Holy Spirit who now lives within, right? Let me get the cart before the horse. Now, we can have an experience of God out there that is absolutely possible. Why? Because he's God and he's done that, and he can do that. I think maybe I heard God's audible voice one time after I was in a, a pretty bad car accident and I was on the side of the road waiting for the ambulance. I'm pretty sure I heard God's voice, but I don't know because I was the only one there. So <laughs> I can't verify that because there was no one around to hear a voice, but I heard a loud voice, you know, that just sort of almost like yelled at me and, and it was just like, be at peace. I'm here or something like that. And I was just calm. The ambulance showed up and I wasn't even in a panic. I was like, I need to go to the hospital because it was an, you know, was it an audible voice? I don't know. I'll never know. But for me it was, and, but I'm just saying it can happen. But let's dive deeper and demystify what God's voice sounds like because I believe that we're all called to interact with God um, in, in a supernatural way and we're all created for this. Amen. You still with me? Um, so should all Christians be able to hear God's voice? 
It is my opinion that, yes, I believe you're created to hear God's voice. It's not only those with prophetic gifts. Hallelujah, aren't you glad? Only those people who are called to pastor or teach. And certainly we should be hearing from God, but I believe it's for every um, so-called sheep, every follower. John 10, 27, my core verse for today is, it's my sheep. That means my followers, the ones who follow Jesus, he calls us his sheep. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I love that verse because it's just simply matter of fact. It doesn't say, I wish that they did. I hope that they do. He says, if you're my sheep, you're a follower, you hear my voice. I want to pause right here and say, he knows how to get to you more than you know how to get to him. He knows how to speak to you more than you know how to hear. Isn't that, isn't that good news? Man, he actually, he's actually Father God in such a way that he knows how he created you. He knows how to get to you. He knows how to interrupt your life, maybe through other people, maybe through something you hear or, or something that happens in your life, but he knows you. And he says, my sheep hear my voice. And so... I want to start by talking about Samuel in the Old Testament, the prophet Samuel. I know it's an Old Testament story. And uh, the difference, as, as we said before, between the Old Testament and New Testament, the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come and go. He would move upon something, but it's not like he had an indwelling presence. He was in the temple, the actual physical temple in uh, the Ark of the Covenant, right? But he would come upon people, and they would prophesy, and then he would leave. Whereas the New Testament, right, he comes and he dwells, and we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? But we get principles from these stories. And so when I look at this and, and gain some principles that I think still apply for us today, and so... Uh, the Samuel story um, starts when he was a young age. Man, his parents, you know, it, it, there's, there's a pre-story a little bit, but Hannah, his mom, said, you know, if you give me a child, I'll dedicate him to the Lord. And so they did that. When he was old enough and he was weaned, it says, they actually brought him to the temple and basically gave their kid, I don't know, uh, uh, th this would be child abuse nowadays, but he's way, he's way too young, but they basically gave him to be raised at the temple to serve Eli, the priest. And so basically he was an internship, right? at a very young age, and he grew up in the temple serving Eli, um, the priest, uh, all of his young days. And so when he was older, when he was still quite young, um, he was learning to hear God. And that's where I want to pick up the story. He was young and still learning, right? How, how many say, I'm still learning? And so that's a good place to start because I don't ever want to get to the place where I feel like I know it all and I do it perfectly because hearing from God is not a perfect science. I'm sorry, somebody just, somebody let out a sigh of frustration right there. I hope Pastor Verma is just going to tell me how to do it and I'd be, now it's just not a perfect science, but there's a lot of principles that we can glean from these stories. And so it starts when he was young and still learning in 1 Samuel 3, I'm going to pick up the story. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. Um, that's Eli the priest. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place, in his own bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. That means the lamp that was in the temple, right? And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called to Samuel and he said, here I am. And, and then he ran to Eli and he said, here I am for you called me. <clears throat> he thought it was Eli's voice. And uh, he said, I did not call you. Um, lie down again. Just go back to bed, please. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel arose and went to Eli again. And he said, here I am for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call 
my son, please lie down again. And now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli, same thing. Here I am, you called me. Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. He's like, he must be hearing another voice. Come on, somebody. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, the Lord calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I'm about to do a new thing in Israel, at which the two ears of everyone... um, who hears it, their ears will tangle, and then he goes on to say what's going to happen in the land of Israel. And Samuel, of course, then grows up to be one of the mightiest prophets, and one of the most influential prophets that has ever um, influenced that nation. Uh, and of course, the stories go on and on of all the exploits that he did after he learned to really hear God's voice. But I want to pick three things out of that story and then move on to how it applies to us today. Number one, um, Samuel could not see the Lord, but he could hear the Lord. Okay, I just want you to think about this stuff, and then I'm going to move on and dial in later on. He couldn't see him. There wasn't a a physical man standing at his bed. That would make it easier, wouldn't it? (laughs) Hey, someone's in my room talking to me, and there he is, right? No, but he could hear something, right? It's very important for you to know. That's how God interacts with his people still today. Number two, to Samuel, God's voice sounded like Eli the priest's voice. Hmm. Did you ever stop to think about that? Peculiar, isn't it? So I'm going to pick that up a little bit later, but, and you'll see the reason why, but God is speaking and Samuel runs to Eli, something that's familiar. Why? Because he couldn't discern at that moment what's happening, okay? We'll pick that up later, but I was just waiting to catch that. Number three, it seems like only Samuel could hear the voice of God. In other words, it wasn't something outward, it was something happening in here that only he knew and Eli could perceive it, what well, might be happening, but it wasn't necessarily an audible voice. If it would have been, then possibly Eli would have heard it as well. I just want you to pick, pick those three things and, and you'll see how it fits later on when I, when I look at other places in scripture of how we interact with God today. But it reminded me of another Old Testament story from the prophet Elijah, some similar things going on. In 1 Kings 19, there's a place where he said... Um, but God said to him, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore through the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire either. And after the fire, come on, the sound of a low whisper. And when Eli heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him. There came a voice to him. And he said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And so I would like to demystify a little bit today maybe what this low whisper is. And lest we keep looking for the God out there and miss how God interacts with us in here. Amen. And so my own kids asked me this, this really pivotal question when they were young. And, and I've actually had to spend time really trying to figure out how to answer them. But they were quite young. And I don't, I don't know if it was my son Dominic or my daughter Brianna. But, but one of them, I'm pretty sure it was one of my two youngest, said, Dad, if we're, we were having a family devotional talking about praying and hearing from God. And they're like, well, if you could tell me what God's voice sounds like, then I would learn. Like, what does it sound like? Can you tell me? And I was a little stumped. Honestly, it's like, 
I don't know how to tell you what God's voice sounds like. You know, it doesn't sound like Moses, you know, like, like that movie. I, didn't, I knew that probably was, was a theatrical version, right? But I, I actually had to come back to them later. And, I wanna, I, and, and later I came back to them after I had gone on my own journey to try to put words to what does God's voice sound like. And so I had to think back then way, way back to when I got saved at age 19. And one of my first experiences of saying, I believe that I'm starting to hear from God, but I had to unpack it and dissect it a little bit to actually start to teach on it and go back to my kids. But I, it, it goes a little bit like this. I was, I was age 19. Uh, I finally got saved. Many people rejoiced and after a lot of prayers. My mom especially was praying for me all the time. You know, please help this boy. And so... And then I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I was still living at home. And when I was living at home, I had gotten an invitation from my friends at this new church that I found, this charismatic Pentecostal church, said, you can come live in us, you can rent a room from us, we live in the town of Lebanon, and you can grow with us and do Bible studies with us and get, you know, discipleship and all this kind of stuff. And I thought it sounded really exciting, but my parents looked at that as leaving the faith, and they were not happy with those decisions to leave the church, right? Because they thought I was joining the cult down the road. Those people who, you know, worship like y'all do and sometimes speak in tongues and all that stuff. And they had thought that I was just, I had fallen off the cliff and I was lost forever. They were more happy with my party years than they were with me joining the Pentecostal church <laughs> because it was just too far out for them. And so they were so unhappy. So, so now I'm sitting on my bed, and listen, I'm not necessarily praying because I'm not much of a prayer warrior at that moment. I had just gotten saved. I'm not really praying. I'm thinking. Kind of praying, kind of thinking. Does that, does that make sense? And I'm thinking about the thought, how upset my parents are that I'm joining this church. Or they're worried for me, and they don't want me to move out and get on my own. And there's just this cloud. So I, I feel negative emotions all around me. I feel darkness, kind of like oppression. You know, I need to get out. And then my thoughts change to the invitation from my friends. Like, you could move in here. You're 19. You have a full-time job. You could afford it. You're just renting a room from us. Go on a journey with the Holy Spirit. You know, study the Bible with us, blah, blah, blah. And, and the aura, I, I, I want to use that, that word, the atmosphere, is that okay? The atmosphere completely changed in my head. And, and, and it was almost like I would bounce back, negative. My parents are upset with me. They don't know what it's like to follow the Lord in this particular way. I could stay and honor them. Oh, I just felt depressed. Then my thoughts would change. I think I'm going to accept the invitation to move out. It's time for me to get on my own. I'm 19. I'm going to soon be 20. It's time for me to get out. And the atmosphere in my brain would completely change. And I would feel joy. I would feel peace. I would feel the excitement. Now I realize that it was the Holy Spirit. But all I can say, it was like amplified thoughts, you know, with an anointing from the Holy Spirit almost like switch back to negative thoughts from the flesh or from Satan. I don't know, you know, I don't know how to explain that exactly, but I would go back and forth. And then I said, well, I'm going to follow peace. I'm going to follow joy. I'm going to follow what makes me feel anointed, right? And I did. And uh, of course, they were upset. Um, they didn't talk to me for about three years, but we worked through that. By the time they passed away, we, we had a wonderful relationship, but they were really afraid for me. But I did move out. I grew tremendously in the Lord in those, those, those years. It was just like rapid, rapid fire growth, you know, and I learned a lot. Um, but but what, I, what, I, what I did then as I went 
I realized what was happening in my head at that moment was one of the main ways that God speaks to his kids and started to lead, guide, and direct me. Come on, in my own brain. Come on, somebody say, my own brain is a weapon, right? Is <laughs> a tool, right? And so I went back to my kids later on as I, as I dissected what was happening to me, because I could walk around and say, well, I can hear God. I can hear, I think this is God, but, but I never really demystified it. Does that make sense? So then I went back to my kids and I asked them this question. And I'm asking you this question today. What do your thoughts sound like to you when you're thinking? Well, brain surgeons, I mean, people that study the brain have, have actually read about, uh, have actually studied this. But if you actually stop to think about the thoughts that you're thinking, most of us think in thoughts of our own voice. It's your own voice in your own head thinking rapid thoughts many, many times a day, thousands of times a day, right? Or it's the voice of someone close to you, like your mom yelling at you to clean your room, right? <laughs> someone that you're, uh, it could be a teacher, it could be a pastor, but oftentimes it's the sound of your own voice. And so it's not surprising then that when God started to do something with young Samuel's mind and started to influence him with what I would call an amplified thought or an anointed thought, he thought it it either sounded like his own voice or it might have sounded like Eli's voice, but it was a, a thought that stood out above all the others. But he ran to Eli going, are you talking to me? Because God uses the familiar and he gets into your thought life and I wanna unpack that a little bit more. Um, so, so then when you, when you start to think about Start to think about the thoughts that you're thinking, right? We can't hear God super well unless we stop to think about the thoughts we're thinking and where they're coming from, right? So then I ask you this question. If Christ lives in you, is he not also in your head? Is he not first and foremost, perhaps, in your mind, right? Um, yeah, Jesus lives in my heart. Well, my heart pumps blood. That's actually what it does, right? <laughs> and, and so, yes, I believe he's in all of me. I don't believe he just lives in my head. But if, he, if Christ lives in you, my question today is, is he not first and foremost influencing your mind and dwelling there? John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Um, I, I, I submit to you that the first thing the Holy Spirit sets about doing when he moves in uh, and joins this party here, the first thing he wants to do is influence our minds so that we start to think like Christ Jesus. Amen, somebody? Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by the renewing of the mind. Some versions say that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so it's the renewing of the mind that the Holy Spirit comes at you and says, hey, let's mess with this person's thinking. And thus, I lead and guide them in multiple ways. So I, I submit this to you. The Holy Spirit lives, moves, and speak to, speaks to us mostly and primarily in our own minds, using our own brain waves, mainly our thoughts, imaginations, and dreams, perhaps, as a platform, as a platform to hear his voice. I call this the local radio station. How many times have we like ignored the local radio station and hear God out there through something, through whatever media you want to describe, but we miss the local way that he speaks because he's speaking to us from the inside. I call that the local radio station. Come on, some of you own, you know, I don't know what they're called, four-way, two-way radios or ham radios, whatever. You can get, you can get, you can beam stuff in from other countries. 
And if you have a satellite, you can listen to any station around the world. How often have we ignored the local radio station that's talking with you from a place within? Does that make sense? Now, lest we go right into heresy, let me say this. Not every thought that you have is God. (laughs) I hope that you thought that, just to make sure, right? You're allowed to think your own thoughts if you want to. You're allowed to think your own pizza thoughts. You're You're allowed to think about the sport that you love. You're allowed to watch a TV show. You're allowed to put your own thoughts. It's something that you manage. But what I'm submitting to you today, that's still the platform, though, that God uses to speak mainly. And, and instead of saying, well, this is where I am, and then God is out there, no, the, 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 your, your mind is the place that he apprehends and lights upon and, and, and gives you an experience whereby you know his voice. And so, again, not every thought that you have is from God. I'm just saying, guard your thoughts and watch if he doesn't apprehend a thought in that place. Um, humans have... I want to talk to you a little bit about your amazing brain. Humans have about 6,200 thoughts in a single day, according to a new study. And uh, some, some older studies used to say somewhere between the range of 50,000 to 70,000, and about 75% of those are negative. <laughs> That's what they studied, <laughs> humans in America. <laughs> I don't know if it's around the world like that. But the latest study says about 6,200 uh, thoughts in a single day. Now, I'm just submitting to you today that how many of those thoughts are God thoughts? I don't know. Only you can answer that, right? Only the Holy Spirit knows. But I want to I read something to you that I thought was just really interesting. His name is uh, Dr. Amen. It looks like Dr. Amen, uh, MD, CEO of Amen Clinics Incorporated. He's a distinguished fellow with the American Psychiatric Association, and his writings and his books are all about the brain, the study of the brain. It's the most amazing organ on the the planet that they're still trying to figure out, this thing that God created in you. Um, I want to read this to you. I think it's really cool. Let's take a few minutes to consider the amazing organ um, we have that literally affects everything we do. He says, your brain is the most complex, mind-boggling organ in the universe. It is estimated to be only about three pounds, which is usually about 2% of your body's weight. Unbelievably, given that it is the bedrock of your personality, some think that even your soul, it's 85% water. The brain uses 20% of the oxygen we breathe and about 20% of the calories we consume. When whole body scans are performed on people, the brain is so active compared to the rest of the body that it looks like a small, powerful heater while everything else appears almost ghost-like. So the life that you have, the life that you live is mostly right in here, right? Shows up bright red on those scans. That's where you're you're mostly living. (laughs) It is estimated that we have over 100 billion neurons also called nerve cells or brain cells, which is about the number of the stars in the Milky Way galaxy. I don't know how he knows that. (laughs) That's just how he writes. Um, In other words, a lot. (laughs) Here are also trillions of supportive cells in the brain called glia, G-L-I-A. Each neuron is connected to other neurons by up to 40,000 individual connections called synopsis between the cells, multiplying 100 billion neurons times 40,000 synopsis is equivalent to the brain having more connections in it than there are stars in the universe. A piece of brain tissue the size of a grain of sand contains 100,000 neurons and 1 billion synopses all talking to one another. Many people have heard that we only use about 10% of our brains. He says nonsense. 
You may not use every neuron in your brain at the same time, but each one is very important. The brain never turns off or even rests through your entire life. It is very active at night, especially during dreaming. Come on, somebody. I'm going to skip down to one final paragraph. He says this, if, as it says in the New Testament of the Bible, that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, certainly the brain is the inner sanctum. The brain is involved in everything we do. It must be considered whenever we look at the motivation and reason behind human behavior. And I'll let the rest for you to study on your own. But put your hand on your head right now and say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. (laughs) This is why I tell people, if you have a brain, you're created to hear God. Why? Because I believe that as we study these things, and I'm going to give you a lot more scripture before we close, that he looked at us and he said, I'm going to create a place. I'm going to create something very special, place it inside every human being so that I can, I can interact with them by lighting upon them. And I've created them in such a way with all the tools, all the, all the amazing brain cells to speak to them and to lead and guide them. He says, I'm going to lead and guide you into all truth. He created an amazing way to do that. And so I'm trying to tell you (laughs) that your brain is given to you, come on, not by accident, but by God on purpose because it was created to interact with the supernatural. Oh, that's not me. That's for prophets. That's for those super, super spiritual people. I'm telling you, we've mystified hearing from God, quite honestly, especially in charismatic Pentecostal churches. Can we be honest? As opposed to saying he naturally, supernaturally, naturally interacts with me all the time. It's up to me to then discern what might be him. So I tell people all the time, pay attention to what's happening in your head. What's happening in your head? What is happening in your mind? And stop to think about the thoughts that you're thinking. Um, uh, I've recently uh, started to call them amplified thoughts. And I say, I have a thought, and I have many thoughts, as much as 6,000 or more per day. And then I say, but there's this amplified thought. There's this thought that stands out, or it seems louder, or it seems more animated. You could use the word anointed, because you can, you can learn to sense the Holy Spirit in a thought. It's like a thought on steroids. There's a thought, and then there's a thought on steroids, right? Um, or there's like an enhanced thought. I like to say that too. Or a permeating thought. I especially like what's called a redundant thought. Thoughts that keep repeating again and again and again, and they seem loud or overwhelming, and we ought to then pay attention and go, wait, wait, what, what is going on? This, this thought, where is it coming from, and why does it keep running through my head again and again? And if it's not temptation, which we're all familiar with, right, it could be the Holy Spirit giving you a redundant thought. I spent some time with, the, I'll call him Tim for this story, just in case he's watching online. His name's not Tim, but I'm going to call him Tim. <laughs> and I, as a, a young adult, a few years ago, I spent time with him because he just wanted to meet and he gets some pastoral care. And um, I had permission to tell a story because it's one of my favorite stories to tell. And he, he said, he said I, I've been born in church. I went on mission trips. I was part of youth group all my life. I went to church almost every Sunday we were here in PA. He's like, but I have never heard the voice of the Lord. I don't know what it's like to hear God. He said, I just end up doing church, right? So now he's a young adult, and he had a lot of frustrations in his life with relationships, job, career, all this kind of stuff. So we're talking through this stuff. And so he's trying to get out on his own. He had moved out on his own, you know, away from his parents and got his own apartment. I was like, good for you. And as he's talking, he's frustrated with his spiritual life, 
because he can't hear God and he's, and he's just frustrated with finding his way through life, right? I'm listening to him and we, we had sat down at a burger joint. I remember just, he, we both ordered these massive burgers um, over, somewhere over near, over near Ephrata. <laughs> and, so, and so he's talking and he's saying all week long, I just had this like thought that I should call my mom because I've been out of the house now for at least a month or two and my mom probably wonders if I'm doing okay. I haven't, he was really close to his mom, not so close to his dad, but he had a great relationship with his mom. And he had this redundant thought again and again and again, I should call my mom. I should let her know that I'm okay. I should let her know that I'm doing okay. I'm surviving, right? (laughs) People are speaking into my life and I just listened for a while. And then I said, you know, that redundant thought you keep having all week long, I should call my beloved mother. I said, that's gotta be Satan tempting you. I was, this is my sarcasm coming out. This is the way I pastor with sarcasm. No, I was trying to get his attention. And, and you could see his whole face like come alive, like awareness was setting in. And then I said, do you think that's how the Holy Spirit is moving you, prompting you? And I'll never forget the awareness on his face. It was so profound. He had this big burger like this. He was about to take a bite. And Tim goes like this. He sets the burger down on his plate ever so slowly as awareness is coming. And he goes, I do hear God. I said, you absolutely do hear the Lord. You just don't know how he works and how he operates. Please tell me you called your mom. (laughs) He said, yeah, I finally listened near the end of the week. I called and we talked for like an hour straight. I'm like, how about that was the Lord, right? That was how the Holy Spirit prompts you. And so we accomplished one thing in that little meeting alone, the fact that you're not alone and the Holy Spirit is in you moving. You just have to learn to discern how he interacts with you. It can be so simple. And I'm gonna tell you that simple story on purpose because we've overly mystified this thing of hearing from God. Isn't that amazing? that amazing? Hebrews 8.10 says this, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'm gonna put my laws in their mind. I'm gonna write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And so we have to pause and say, well, what laws are written on my heart, right? It's not the Levitical laws. And we, we can see that, of course, um, at the cross, those were completed. But I, I like to call them laws of love, liberty, and faith. And under the new covenant, there's still things, there's DNA that God has written on us and, and placed himself within us, right? Um, for example, I like the one in Matthew 22, 37. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, right? How many knew there's commandments in the New Testament? And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. But as an example of God saying, we're not under the old covenant, but still under the new covenant, I have written myself into you. I have placed myself into you. In other words, my DNA is in you. My word, my voice, my leading and guiding. And of course, like I said, like I said before, we have the scriptures. Thankfully, we have the scriptures. Not everybody does across the planet, but we do. If you want to learn to hear God's voice, you should be just as interested in learning what he already said in his scripture, right? So it's that plus these promptings, these things like I just talked about with Tim and learning to flow with the Holy Spirit because he's written himself into our hearts. By the way, I don't know if you I don't know if you've ever heard this. But many Bible scholars, at least the ones I've, I've listened to over the years, they believe that many times in the Bible where it mentions the word heart, it's really talking about your mind. 
right? And if you look at what they're really talking about, it's talking about the inner sanctum, the inner place where you are. Your heart pumps blood, does it not? You can get a heart transplant. It doesn't change who you are. And it might change a little bit of things in your body, but it'll change who you are. But you can't get a brain transplant. Why? Because that's the, the core of you, right? I'm not a doctor. I just believe that to be true. They're trying to put a head somewhere in Europe. They're trying to transplant a head on someone else's body, brain and all, but then it would be the person whose brain it is. That's my opinion. And then they're going to do that to me when I'm old enough, and then I'll just have a new body. That'd be really cool. (laughs) Or I'll wait till heaven. Nevertheless, (laughs) I digress. Help me out. But, but often places uh, in, in scripture where you're saying, my heart, my heart, my heart, think about it sometimes and see if it doesn't mean mind. Um, you, you know, for example, here, let's go here, Luke 6, 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart, heart, oh, heart, see? Brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the Heart, wait, mind, the mouth speaks. You don't speak from here, right? You, the thing that pumps blood. You speak from the inner core of who you are. And even if, even if you don't believe that the inner core is right here, your brain is, the, is, is what's computing that place. That, that It's in touch with your spirit, the Holy Spirit. Amen, somebody? Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, your mind and your thoughts, right? It says guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Dr. Amen just, just said that everything you do flows from that place, um, the place where the Holy Spirit dwells. Romans 8, 5 and 6, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. You okay for two more scriptures? 1 Corinthians two sixteen, and you might have to, uh, some of you like to take notes, and so I'm trying to slow down just a little bit, but you might have to listen back on the, on the YouTube, 1 Corinthians 2.16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And Paul says this, but we have the mind of Christ. That's one of my favorites. It's almost an arrogant statement. Paul's like, I can think like Jesus. <laughs> and so isn't that what we all want, though, to, to let him indwell us so much that we think like him, and then we do that which he prompts us to do. Amen, somebody? I know that's what I live for, to be made into the image of Christ. Again and again. One more, 2 Corinthians 10. Actually, maybe two more. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, talks about casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Let me pause there before I give you a final scripture, man. Some of us don't even know that we can do that. We can capture a thought and say, "Mm mm-mm, no. You get to be replaced by a higher thought. By the way, the New Age movement teaches emptying your mind. Scripture teaches replacing a thought with a higher thought. Set your mind on things above, right? And so just so you know the difference, we don't teach emptying your mind. We teach filling your mind with the truth, right? And that's, that's what's scriptural. And so it's bringing those thoughts into captivity. And the way that you do that is to say, you're not in alignment with Scripture. That thought that's running through my head, you're not in alignment Now I'm going to replace you with something that is true, and you can do that. It takes practice. It takes exercise. 
and it might take a lifetime, but that's all of our journey, isn't it? To say, mm-mm, I don't know where that's coming from. My flesh, outside, the enemy, influence of somewhere, something I'm watching, something I'm listening to, mm-mm, doesn't seem to align with scripture, doesn't seem to align with God's nature. Capture it, now I'm gonna replace it. What is true? What is right? What is good? What is God? Colossians 3, 2, Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And again and again, we could go on, but I just wanted to have a few of those for us to meditate on today. Um, Action steps. I just have a few action steps before we practice hearing from God today. And um, yeah, we're going to practice a little bit before we go, so get ready for that. You don't even know what to get ready for. I just put you on edge now. Sorry about that. (laughs) Number one action step to get better at hearing the voice of God is, is this. Plan to act on what you hear. No, no, there's a lot of people that say, I wish I could hear from God. And, and, and when you interact with these people, they have no intention of doing anything with it anyway. <laughs> I tried to say that as kindly as I could. But I said that to my class, you know, when I was teaching at, at Lifeway last year. You know, there's all this interaction. And then I paused and I said, now when we learn to hear from God, if we have no intention of doing it, you just got bragging rights, that's all. I can hear God's voice. It changes nothing because you do nothing different. You don't react to it or change anything in your life or you don't, you don't live out in obedience or go pray for someone or call someone with a word of encouragement. But if we wanna get better at hearing from God, just check your heart and say, I wanna do that which he's asking me to do or be led and go where he's asking me to go. Luke eleven twenty eight. Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and then put it into practice. Can I get a good amen? amen. That's just what I wanna do. And so it's just a, a little key that I've found that, that really works. You know, put something into action and then God's always ready to speak to you and lead and guide you. Number two action step is ask for wisdom and discernment. James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you and he will not rebuke you for asking. And I love that because with hearing from God, then we need to pray for wisdom and discernment along the way. Why? Because a lot of people learn to hear from God and then in the flesh start to work it out and start to do something about it. As opposed to the same God that was big enough to speak to you, whether in a dream, vision, or when you were awake, or through some media, is the same God that can give you the discernment and the wisdom to enact that thing and to give you the timing of that, right? So I heard a voice from God, and then off they go, as opposed to waiting for God for timing, discernment, wisdom, to go do that thing. But when's the right time? Sometimes God just gives us a word so we can pray for someone. It doesn't have to have a big action attached to it. Um, But some people don't wait to hear that. I heard from God. Man, have you ever, I don't know, Please, I'm not stepping on any of your toes, um, but if the shoe fits, wear it. But I've actually had many people come to me and want to tell me all their dreams and visions, and you know, you're tied up for 15, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, and I'm going, stop, stop. I don't. I, <laughs> did God tell you to tell me your whole dream? Because it's not making any sense to me. It only makes sense to you, right? Like, uh, no. See, so they heard something, they're feeling something, but they're not waiting for the wisdom to like to share that because, you know. Moments later, I'm going, the interpretation belongs to you. And I'll go back to the same God that gave you that dream, and he will show you exactly what it means. Why? Because the word white could mean a funeral to somebody, and I mean that the color white could be a funeral to somebody and a wedding to another person. It doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. God knows how to speak to you. Now he's big enough to give you the interpretation or to turn it into a word of wisdom. Amen, somebody? Ask for wisdom and discernment. We need that. I need that. Number three, 
Tell your mind that Jesus is Lord. Yes. <laughs> Why do I say that? I say it because of 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 3. I love this. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant, Paul said. Ignorant doesn't mean stupid. Ignorant just means I don't know. That's all he's saying. It doesn't mean that you're, you're dumb. It actually means I just don't want you not to know this stuff. That's what the word ignorant means. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Can I get a good amen? That's a powerful verse, and I like to call it maybe sometimes the reset button because you can think your own thoughts. You'd be flowing along, going, maybe this is God, maybe that is God. Man, I would challenge you to, to, to pause sometimes and, and tell your mind, tell your thought life, Jesus Christ is Lord. I remember when I was learning to do this. This is another moment. I had to think back on what happened. I remember reading this when I was quite young and newly saved. And I was just thinking along my own thoughts, and I was thinking, I wonder if this is God. I wonder if God's leading me this way. And I did this because I remembered this verse and I said, Jesus Christ is Lord. And I completely forgot my, my thoughts that I was thinking before that. It just went poof and I couldn't remember in that moment where my mind was going. Why, it was probably just my own thoughts. It was probably pizza thoughts, too much coffee. I don't know, but you can dream your own dreams, right? But if you say, no, if I say Jesus Christ is Lord, I'm training my brain to say my thoughts belong to him. I'm training this, this wonderful place in here to say Jesus Christ is the Lord and he can lead God and direct me from this place. Amen, somebody? I think it helps. I just think it helps. Scripture's there to help us. Number four, and uh, I, wanna, I wanna talk about this and then we're gonna practice this. Number four is pray and then commit your mind to the Holy Spirit. I like to ask people to pray something like this. Holy Spirit, I give you my mind. And I give you my thoughts and my imaginations. I ask you to fill me completely. Holy Spirit, speak to me. And here's where, it's not very common in churches today, here's where I say, now we're gonna just do some awkward silence. Won't, won't quite be silent when we practice it because Nate will play a few keys in the background. But being silent in a church is awkward with a whole bunch of people. But we're going to push through that awkwardness, amen, somebody? And we're going to practice this, but it's, 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 it's paying attention. Because as soon as you pray that prayer, this is what I say. Now pay attention to what happens in your head when you pray that prayer. Did you know this? That half, of, half, of the, uh, half the people on the planet think in words... This is also not, 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 this is also something I read from people who studied the brain. Half the people think in words and half the people think in pictures. All of us do both, but you, but people sometimes primarily think in words, 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 like text, right? And the other half, the population thinks in pictures, one picture after another picture, right? I don't know, most of us can, can do both, but it's right brain, left brain, right? And so that's another way to hear God. I don't have time to talk about dreams and visions, but it involves our sanctified imagination. The way that we think can be word, 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 and others can be picture, 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 picture. I'm just, uh, I'm just setting you free to say both are ways that God interacts with you because he knows you. He knows how your brain is made because he made it. Amen, somebody? So then you pause and you pay attention, and it's amazing what happens after that. People go, wow, that thought felt anointed. And let me say this. If it doesn't work, then try it again and try it elsewhere other than Grace Church. Try it on your way home or when you're alone, you get into the park. Maybe you're golfing this afternoon. Come on, happy Father's Day to you. Um, just, just try that and say, you know, I give you my thoughts, my imagination. So I'm not just thinking about the hole in one that I'm going to get. Uh, I'm thinking about 
you know, uh, letting you in and, and giving this platform over to you so you can move upon it. Before we practice this um, this morning, I really want to make sure that we don't have people in our midst or watching online that do not know the Lord. Let's pause and let's pause and talk about that. It starts with, do you know the Lord and have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Amen, somebody? And so if you're here today and you're like, I'm not sure that Jesus Christ is my Lord. I stumbled in here. I was invited here. I'm glad to be here and we're glad that you're here. But listen, do you know the Lord and have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior? Have you recognized that the finished work of the cross was to forgive you of all of your sins? If not, then we can start very quickly by praying a prayer. That just launches you into faith. That's all we do is pray with you and get your belief system going. Amen, somebody. Every eye closed for just a moment. Let's give everyone just a, a personal space to think about it. Pray about it for just a short moment. If you're here this morning and you're saying, I need to first take that step to make Jesus Christ my Lord and, and, and pray through that. Would you raise your hand high in this place? And we're gonna pray with you right now before we move on. Raise your hand real high so I can see it. If you're online, type it into, the, into Facebook somewhere or YouTube and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Because I don't see any hands in here, but if anyone's watching, let's just pray a prayer together real quick and then we'll move on. Let's all pray together. Say, Jesus Christ, I believe you're the way, you're the truth, and you're the life. I repent of all my sins and I receive your full forgiveness. You are my Lord and my Savior. Holy Spirit, I welcome you to lead and guide me into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's applaud in case we missed someone. Could be someone watching online. Now, now the fun part. We're going to go back and pray that prayer again. And we're going to then pause and allow some awkward silence. <laughs> I just want to call out, you know, how awkward it can feel. And I want us to push through that. Just pretend your neighbor and your spouse isn't sitting next to you right now. You know, we're going to pray that prayer. And we're going to just let a few moments of silence. And then pay attention to where your brain goes and what the Holy Spirit does with your mind next. It could be a thought. It could be a word. It could be a scripture. It could be a picture. But I want us to practice this today very carefully before we go. So let's all pray out loud together. And then I'm going to do some awkward silence right after that. One minute's going to feel like five minutes. And it won't be that long. But I just want to give a moment for the Holy Spirit to light upon your beautiful brain and speak to you. Let's all pray together. Say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. I give you my mind and my thoughts and my imaginations. I ask you to fill me completely. Holy Spirit, speak to me. I'm going to pray it one more time because our thoughts run amok. I know what it's like, and this takes practice. Some of you have been doing this for years. Some of you are like, I need to learn this. Let's pray it all together, and this time quietly, and then we're just going to be silent for just a few more moments. Say, Holy Spirit, I give you my mind, my thoughts, and my imaginations. I ask you to fill me completely 
Holy Spirit, speak to me. Some of you, some of you just saw a picture and you're wondering if it's Holy Spirit. I don't know. Try it again. It might be. Some of you felt a word. Some of you, a scripture came to mind. It could be a variety of things. An emotion. Sometimes a deep emotion wells up and you're wondering how God is leading you that way. And there's a lot to, a little more to talk about. But as I closed my eyes and prayed that prayer, both times I felt like I could almost see a doctor performing surgery on a patient. And I believe these patients are us, these patients are you. And what I felt the Holy Spirit just prompt me is that he loves to get in there and, and take out, surgically remove, stinking thinking, amen? The places in our mind that are not aligned with his will, his nature, and his ways. And so I don't know about you, but I just invite the Holy Spirit to do surgery on my mind this week so that I can clearly hear the Lord. And I practice then listening to those prompts, listening to the amplified thought and say, is this thought drenched in his peace and his anointing and his love? And how does he lead and guide me? And we learn to practice our walk with the Lord. Amen, somebody. Raise your hand if you felt a touch from God in that moment or something prompted on you. Oh, many of you, amen. Many of you, this is, this is really fun. I wish I'd have time to hear all of it. Some of you tell me what it is before we go. We don't have time or we'd be here, <laughs> we'd be here another couple hours, but that would be fun. I will love, or send me an email this week. Would you all stand with me today? You're such a delightful audience. I just really enjoyed hanging out with the Grace Church family today. I hope you did as well. Those of you that may have said yes to Jesus, and if I missed you, you can stop by the Next Step Station in the lobby. Uh, we do have a book for you. It's called Following Jesus. We just want to help you on your journey and get you launched into your journey with Jesus. We'd love it if you filled out the Connect card and um, let us know a little bit about your journey. How we can pray for you is, is very, very important. And if you're new to Grace Church, this is one of your first times visiting. I just want to say a huge welcome to you. I'm glad that you're here. We hope you come back. But we'd love if you filled out, uh, filled out one of those Connect cards as well at the Next Step Station right out there in the lobby to your right. And then we can uh, tell us how we can serve you, how we can pray for you, walk along with you and um, on your journey with Jesus. We'd love that. Um, we're going to go into one last song. But as soon as we, we do this one last song, we always love to have prayer teams up here um, before we dismiss. Um, you're dismissed after the last song when Nate says that. But if some of you say, I really love some, some prayer, um, we'd love to contend for some things. Just some things I really need breakthrough on. And some, maybe, maybe you just want more prayer to learn to hear God. And we would love to do that as well. Whatever it is that you need, doesn't have to uh, pertain to the message or not. We'd love to pray with you. Y'all ready to worship one more time? Amen. Me too. Love you guys. Thank you so much. And happy Father's Day again.